0: Welcome to the Melanin Tot Podcast. If you enjoy what you hear today, be sure to send us a message, um, an email. You can visit our website, melanintot.com, or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash melanintot. Well, let's dive in to what we have today. Thank you for tuning in today. This episode of Melanin Tot is brought to you by homeschoolsupply.com. That's H-M-S-C-H-O-O-L-S-U-P-P-L-Y.com. We appreciate you tuning in today. We are going to talk about relationship skills. This is the fifth part of our emotional intelligence series. We've talked about um, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, Empathy, and today we are going to discuss relationship skills. Now, relationship skills are so important. The way that our kids see modeled relationships are going to determine the way that they form their relationships. Um, I was listening to um, Shasta speak. She is the author of a book called um, Friendtimacy, and When I was listening to her speak at a women's conference, she said I ask people to look at their mom's friendships from when they were kids. Think about your mother's friendships and then think about your friendships and they're probably very similar. And you know what, that's true. That's so true for me at least. Um, I've noticed that the relationships in my life, I handle them a lot like my mother does. My mom is, she's like my hero. I mean, I've always wanted to be just like her when I grew up. But she had one really, really good friend when I was a little kid. And they kind of lost touch. Um, They talk to each other, you know, if if it's an emergency or one of them needs prayer, but... She didn't really have kind of everyday girlfriends. And so I look at my life and some of my closest friends live pretty far away. Like we don't have those um see each other every day or communicate every day kind of relationships. Now... Now that I've noticed that, I'm working on that. I'm working on building a community of people that I can trust because I want to show my kids that there are people out there that you can trust. There are people out there that um, are worth the time and the energy to build a relationship with. And I think that we miss out on things when we isolate ourselves from people And I know that people have this whole like introvert, extrovert thing going on right now. It comes up in a lot of conversations. But one thing I've learned is that even introverts desire relationship and connection. They may not always need the physical um, energy or people in their physical space, but they still desire that connection with other people that get them. They may not want to go to a party or go, you know, to a place that requires them to exert a lot of emotional energy for other people at the expense of their own emotional energy, but I found the introverts in my life really appreciate those friends that come over and can read a book with them and, like, be okay. Like, let our kids play together and we both go do our own thing, but still kind of, keep in touch with one another, make sure that we're good and that, you know, we're emotionally okay. Everybody wants to be understood. Everybody wants to be valued and loved and and made to feel significant, not just for what they offer, but for who they are. And so we teach our children how to form, how to build, and how to establish relationships by the way that we form, build, and establish relationships. So as we're going through the components of emotional intelligence, we handle relationship skills just like we do everything else. You know, with self-awareness, helping them identify, hey, how are you feeling? What's going on? When did you start to feel this way? Why are you feeling this way? How are you feeling? You know, what is this? And then self-regulation, what's the standard? Where are we trying to reach? What's our end goal? And then motivation, why are you behaving this way? What are you hoping to accomplish right now in the immediate with this behavior? And then empathy, how do you think other people feel? And then finally, relationships, how valuable is this person in your life? Do you like your friends? Do you want to keep playing with your friends? Do you want to to have your friends come over and want to be around you? Because people don't have to be around you. And you shouldn't change who you are to be around other people. You should always be comfortable being you, but you should also be kind. You need to, to apply these components of emotional intelligence so that you're handling the situation, you're handling conflicts, you're handling um, different circumstances that arise in a way that is respectful and honors the relationship. And relationships are different, right? Like, you can't talk to me the same way my kid talks to me. You can't come up to me and just be screaming, Lee, 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 I got it, owie. I'm going to be like... Okay, but you need to um I'm not the I'm not the one for the for the little owie on your finger. That's not me. That's not me because our relationship has boundaries. Our relationship has a different set of expectations. Our relationship carries different weights and responsibility and that's the thing I think that we adult we as adults need to recognize and establish within our peer group within our communities that our relationship carries responsibility like when I trust you with my heart you have a responsibility to care for my heart And if you cannot handle that responsibility or rise to the occasion, then you cannot have the expectation of me sharing my heart. Well, that's the same thing with our kids. My kids, the boundaries are different. You can run up to me and scream and say, "owie" over and over again, and I will respond because I'm your mother. And it's my responsibility in the context of our relationship for me to care for your wounds. And as we talk about relationships it's important that we encourage our kids to do a few things the first thing is to establish boundaries we talk about boundaries in terms of touch in terms of good touches and bad touches that's very important if you're not having that conversation with your kids you need to have that conversation with your kids what what areas are okay to touch and what areas are not okay to touch and who is allowed to touch those areas and under what circumstances. And so have these relationships with your kids about physical boundaries. But you also need to have a conversation with your kids about emotional boundaries. They are not to be comfortable with other people calling them names. I don't care if it's, you're a meanie. Nope, mm mm-mm, you don't talk to my son that way. I tell my kids that all the time. If one of my kids calls another one a name or says something that's just really cutting to them, I tell them, you do not talk to my child that way. You don't get to talk to my child that way. And what I'm doing is I'm establishing the boundary. This is how you communicate within your relationship. So your relationship with your sibling is one where you are not allowed to call them names and the relationship you have with me is to honor the boundaries that i have set not only for you my child but for him my child since it's usually the older two that are at the age right now where they get get to bickering a little bit. And so it's important, one, that you establish those boundaries, teach them to establish those boundaries, Two, allow them to establish the boundaries, give them the vocabulary to set the parameters for what's okay. Give them the tools to be able to say, I don't like that. I don't want to play this game. I don't like it when you say that word. I don't like it when you yell at me. Allow them to set their boundaries. Give them the vocabulary so that when they're talking to their peers, to their peers, that they're able to say what they allow and don't allow and they're able to set the context for the way communication is to be had in their relationship. Get them in the habit of setting those boundaries young so that they're not having to figure out how to set these boundaries as adults. So setting the boundaries is number one. Number two, or like number one B, is let them do the setting of the boundaries. Number three is model healthy conflict resolution. My husband and I have play fights all the time. And I say play fights like him being like, I want chicken for dinner, and me being like, No, we have chicken all the time. I don't want chicken. I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat any meat, so I don't want any chicken. Let's let's have. Can we just have one night where we have all vegetables? And he's like, No, you know, I'm. I eat on a paleo diet. I'm, I'm, gluten, you know, sensitive, and I can't. I can't eat that stuff. All that vegan stuff. I need some meat. And so, you know, we have like these pretend arguments in front of our kids and and we work it out and we compromise and we allow them to see those things. But when we're having a real argument, like if we're really having issues where we're not on the same page about something, we don't ever discuss it in front of the kids. I mean, that's a we'll talk about it later kind of situation because We want them to see healthy relationships, healthy conflict resolution. And we handle the conflicts, um, our conflicts even privately, pretty well. But it is not within the boundaries of our relationship for our children to be involved in our adult discussions. And so when they grow up and have kids, I'm hoping that they'll practice the same thing. My parents have been married over 30 years and they don't even really argue in front of us. I mean, we know when mom is ticked off because she has this face that she does. But they don't yell at each other. They don't raise their voice at each other. You know, my dad has this, like, sigh he does. And my mom has this tone of voice um, where she, like, doesn't doesn't really say much. Where we know that there is a conflict. But I I did not grow up in a house where my parents yelled at each other. And so as a result, since they modeled the appropriate behavior for relationships in the context of marriage, I, when I had my family, did not tolerate yelling or, you know, even raising our voices at each other. I think there was only maybe one time where my husband and I got to the point where we were starting to raise our voices and both of us were like, whoa, yeah, we need to take a break because now when you get to the point where you're yelling at somebody, it's less about you trying to prove, it's less about you trying to see things from their perspective and get them to see things from your perspective and more about you proving them wrong and you right. Otherwise, you can have a calm, rational t- discussion about it because you're seeing it, you're, you're being empathetic. But when you start yelling at somebody, you're no longer being empathetic. You've thrown empathy out the door because nobody likes to be yelled at, especially adults one to another. You're you're talking to me like I'm a child. No adult likes to be spoken to as if they're needing to be managed. And so, so modeling those relationship skills, setting those boundaries, allowing the kids to establish the boundaries themselves with their peer group and giving them the vocabulary to do that and then modeling healthy relationships build strong loving relationships and will help your kids grow up to build a community in which they will maybe one day raise their kids or or raise the kids help raise the kids in their community well, I hope this was helpful to you. Um, I pray that you got a lot, of, a lot out of it. If you have questions or comments, be sure to send us a message. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. You can see us on Facebook, Melanin Tot, Twitter, Melanin Taut, and Instagram, Melanin Taut. It's been awesome. Be blessed.